get started. Hello, good evening to everyone here, the masses. Appreciate you guys uh, coming tonight on a Monday. We thank the Lord for it. Lord, we are here to hear your word. We thank you, Father, that you are going to give us fresh revelation, Father, on your word concerning healing, Father, and faith for healing. We thank you, Lord, that you continually give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that you have the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light so that we may know the hope of your calling, Father, and that we know and act on it and that we are standing, Father, for your word. We're contending for your word every single day. And so we just thank you for it and we give you all the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're continuing to talk about faith and today, tonight, specifically concerning faith for healing. That could be a very uh, touchy subject for many people concerning healing because of a lot of things that go on on a day-to-day basis. But today we are going to stand on healing based off of not of our feelings, but out of what the word says. And pastor preached on Sunday that we must contend for that word. And this is um, in Jude. So you go back to the old, uh, the New Testament, and it is the second to last. There's only one chapter, and we go Jude uh, 1.3. It says, Beloved, My whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. But I found it necessary and was impelled to write to you and urgently appeal to and exhort to you to contend for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith which is the sum of Christian belief which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. So we have to contend for the faith. And today we are contending for God's word concerning healing. We have to get our eyes on the answer. Every time we are contending for healing, we always have to start with what is the answer. And we can start off with anything that you are coming against. It's under the curse. That, that's why sickness is in this world, because of the curse. When the curse came back, when Adam went ahead and took the fruit, that's when we had to come against all of the sickness. And if you aren't sure what that covers, I always encourage you guys to go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about the blessings that come with standing with God and then also the curses. And although it is fantastic to know all the blessings, you also need to know what the curses are so when they come up, you're like, no, that's covered. And so today we're going to read them. We're gonna start off with that foundation of reading it. And so we'll go over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I like reading it in the Amplified because It's very specific, and it gives you definitions of what those uh, things are. So in Deuteronomy chapter 28, starts out with, If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you heed the voice of your Lord, of the Lord your God. Now we know that we are now in the New Testament, we have a better covenant. So we understand that we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments in order to be partakers of this, but that because we have received Jesus as our Lord, now we fall into this blessing. We automatically become, uh, we inherit this. So we shall be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed shall we be in the fruit of our body and the fruit of our ground and the fruit of our beasts, the increase of your cattle and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you be your basket and your kneading trough. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. 
The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which, he, which the Lord gives to you. The Lord will establish, establish you as people holy to himself as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name and the presence of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And just to throw in this in there for a supernatural increase, of course, the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, to the, of your livestock, of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall land to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and you shall not be beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day and are watchful to do them. So the blessing over and above, on top of everything, going in, going out, where you, you walk in, you walk out, your hands, anything you touch is blessed. So that is the blessing. But when we go over here to verse 15, it says, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do these commandments and statutes, which I command you this day, then all of the curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Again, we are not under the curse. The, only, the purpose of us reading these scriptures is to know what we shouldn't have, what shouldn't be a part of our daily lives. It says, cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Sounds like uh, today's uh, economy, right? <laughs> cursed shall be your basket and your kneading trough. Curse shall be the fruit of your body, of your land, of the increase of your cattle, and your young of and the young of your sheep. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall be you shall be when you come out. The Lord shall send you curses, confusion, and rebuke in every enterprise to which you set your hand until you are destroyed perishing quickly because of the evil of your doings by which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land in which you go to possess. The Lord will smite you with consumption, with fever and inflammation, fury, heat, sword and drought, blasting and mildew, they shall pursue you until you perish. The heavens over your head shall be brass, and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord shall make the rain of your land powdered soil and dust. From the heavens it shall come down upon, until, upon you until you are destroyed. The Lord shall cause you to be struck down before your enemies, and you shall go one way against them and flee seven ways before them, and you shall be tossed to and fro and be in terror among all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead body shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And you shall be no one to be frightened, and there shall be no one to frighten them away. And the Lord will smite you with boils of Egypt and tumors, the scurvy, the itch. I know we talked about a couple of uh, healings ago about being itchy, from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and dismay of mind and heart. And you shall grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways, and you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually, and there shall be no one to save you. You shall betroth 
a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but not to live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but not gather its grapes. Oh, this just keeps going on and on, right? Oh, my goodness. Your ox shall be slain before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey will sh uh, shall be violently taken away before your face and not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to help you. Your sons and daughters shall be given to another people, and your eyes shall look and not fa and fail with long longing for them, and all the day, and there shall be no power in your hands to prevent it. So, as we see here, this is, and we can liken it to many situations going on today. And this is, this is literally happening before our eyes. But we have a word from God. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Here, Paul teaches us to read the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus on the cross for our resurrection. So we see here that anytime we see any of these curses happening to us, we can stand on God's word saying, that is not for me. I don't have to receive that. I don't have to partake of any of this curse because... Jesus redeemed me from the curse of the law. And we have to stand in faith. Uh, on Sunday, we talked about that faith is believing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. So we have to understand that the saying part is so important on our day-to-day -day lives. In Mark eleven twenty-two 22 through 24, says, and Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God constantly. Truly, I tell you that whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For, these, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. In the English Standard Version, it says, uh, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it'll be yours. And I wanna highlight that word received, because received in the Hebrew means to take. You have to take it. If you don't take it when you pray, you haven't released your faith. So if you don't take it, you haven't released your faith. And I said that twice because we have to know that in order for us to release our faith, we have to take it into our possession saying, it is mine. If you're still talking sickness after you prayed, you have not taken it. If you take it, you say, I'm healed in the past tense. And we talked about this on Sunday. It's in the past tense. Amen. I take it, I have it. And now you talk, I have been healed. If you took it, then you'll have to talk it. And when you talk it, it has to come from a place that you know that you, it's already yours. The faith living action necessitates you taking control. It's going to have to be intentional. It can't be you say one thing and then you just don't think about it anymore. You have to take control over your mouth. And, you know, there's scripture after scripture that talks about um, us having control over our mouth, that the mouth is the rudder of our life. 
but you have to be, when we're talking about faith for healing, it has to be intentional where we're not talking sickness anymore the minute that we receive it. And if that, has, if that means saying that at 726, I prayed and I received it, and you write it down somewhere so that you can visually see it every time that, that maybe that symptom comes up and you're like, no, Monday at 726, I prayed and I received it, and it's done. I'm healed. And it's a constant reminder of it doesn't, we can't go by our senses. Faith doesn't happen here in the natural realm. It happens first in the spirit. And in the spirit, it's already done. Once we take it, it's ours. Just like that example of Pastor Ziggy saying, you know, here's a $100 bill, Shelby, here's, it's yours. Until she comes and grabs it out of my hand, it's not hers. So same thing with our, our healing. We have to take it. When we pray, we have to take it. And f- faith for healing is attained on a daily basis. It has to be something that we do on a daily basis. I really like uh, hearing about Smith Wigglesworth because he's, he was a very extreme guy. And that's my type of guy. Like, just doing things extremely. His method of re- uh, relaxation is, uh, was quoted in a, in a book that he spent time with God. It wasn't going out, getting pedicures or massages, and of course, back in the day, they probably didn't, didn't do that. But, you know, it wasn't what we call relaxation. His relax- relaxation time was spending time with God. He was completely dedicated to God's word. He had four different principles, he said, that we need to maintain. First is read the word of God. Second, consume the word until it consumes you. And I think that's so awesome, until it consumes you, until when something consumes you, you're like constantly thinking about it. Think about like a song that you hear so often that you're just singing it over and over wherever you're at, you're consumed by that, by that song, right? Or maybe, you know, when you first fall in love with someone or smitten, depending on what, what case that is, what level, you're constantly thinking about that person. You know, you're wondering what they're doing, you're, you're messaging them, you're um, thinking about what you guys are gonna be doing in the future. You're consumed by that person. So he says, you have to be consumed by the word until it consumes you. Thirdly, believe the word. Just believe it. Believe that what he says is true. And then we know that it doesn't happen right away just because it's so unnatural to us. Again, we, we've been living for so long in this natural realm that it's going to take a little bit for us to understand the things of God. So we have to believe the word, and we believe the word by Romans chapter 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then fourthly, it says, act on the word. And we're going to focus on that today because we have to act on the word of God. He said, I never consider myself fully dressed unless I have a copy of the word of God in my pocket. He never considered it fully dressed, so he wouldn't go out of his house until he was fully dressed, he had the word in him, or or on him. And then some of you guys have heard of his morning routine. He says, I would jump out of bed and do a dance before the Lord for about 10 to 12 minutes just praising him. Every, that was his morning routine. It wasn't getting up and scrolling through Facebook. It wasn't checking his mail. It wasn't checking, you know, what the weather's going to be or what the news is up to. He got up, jumped up, danced for about 10, 12 minutes, just praising the Lord. 
and he also, I, would I, you know, other than doing all these other things, he didn't, he didn't check his body to see how it was feeling that morning. He didn't consult it to see, oh, you know, is it, you know, is it my back? Is it my throat? Is it my head? You know, what am I feeling? No, he, that was his routine. And we know Smith Wigglesworth lived an extraordinary life. He, wa- he went and did things extraordinarily that took him to that place. The overall picture of Smith Wigglesworth is that he had an extraordinary walk with a God. And it was by doing these things that in, on a day-to-day basis, it could seem like small things. It took you know 10 to 12 minutes to, to jump up and praise God. Um, we also have heard that you know, he never spent more than 15 minutes without praying or speaking to God, or, but he also never took more than 15 minutes. So he was constantly in that communication with him. So we have to be able to, just like he said here, act on the word of God. And that is part of walking in faith for our healing. Not only for our healing, but walking for the healing of our families, our friends. And so an example is the minute that we feel something in our bodies, we have to resist it. And we have to come against it and say, no, this is what the word says. The minute a headache hits, the minute a knee starts feeling funny, we have to speak the word of God. He said here to do the word of God. Now in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God, Again, submitting, you could see the act of submitting to his word, knowing his word. And it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that is part of receiving our healing at any time is we have to resist the symptoms the minute they show up. Don't let that headache hang out. Don't let that you know, funny feeling in your arm stay there. But the minute that you feel something, stand against it and say, no, that I don't, I'm not supposed to have that on me. And we need to make the first move. We need to use the strength that we have to act on God's word and praise God by faith for our healing when it hasn't appeared. Because we act by faith doesn't mean we act by sight. Remember, pastor talked about how the opposite of faith is sight. And we don't act by what we see. We act by what we know, which is the word of God. We have to cooperate with God by, re- by believing in him and doing what we can to act in his word if we want to get his blessings. If we want to be on the blessing side of that Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because that's when we're going to see those manifestations. Because faith doesn't come if we don't have the heart and the mouth part. Remember that wonderful Venn diagram of uh, Romans chapter um, 8, verse 10? 8 through 10. I'll say it right. We have to believe it in our hearts and say it with our mouth. If we believe it in our heart, but we're not saying it with our mouth, then we're not going to have that manifestation of faith come through. So it is a constant reminder that we have to say it with our mouth and act on it. Because if we say it with our mouth, we have to follow through and act on it. You know, I have grown to have a habit of if I'm believing for something I'm going to say it and act it out you guys have heard examples of Pastor Z talking about how I bought that maternity dress for the wedding how I you know before I even had kids I was you know getting baby stuff whenever you know we had Amelia and Jack in the hospital depend, you know, at different times. Not one time did we ever speak 
anything that was opposite of God's word. And we still don't. We speak of how they're going to excel in school and how their brains are just sponges and how awesome that they're going to, you know, continue to grow and that, you know, Jack's going to be this tall, awesome, athletic, blonde, blue-eyed boy. (laughs) You know, and those things might, you know, we as Winner's Church were like, yeah, that's right. But that's not what the world says about a premature baby. That's not what the world says about somebody born at 26 and 27 weeks old. Even my, my, you know, me going through that, the, my body and what it could do the second time around or whatever, that, that's not what they say. But we weren't going to go by what they say, what the world says. And we have to constantly be in that space where we're speaking God's word. Today at work, I, you know, I walk in and somebody says, oh, no, I already have a headache. Oh, you know, this weekend was horrible. My stomach did this and that. And it is constantly around us. And we can't fall into the trap of speaking the same things they speak. Because this world is constantly having this victim mentality of woe is me and they're trying to up each other on what hurts (laughs) or you know well i well this is happening to me we have a couple of um situations that come up that we want to make sure that we're we're careful to use our words to bring hope for them and letting them know that because we know in Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, now faith is of the things hoped for, the assurance. So we have to start out with hope and then bring them over to that assurance of knowing that this is possible. We have the power to be able to do this on a day-to-day basis. We have to remain strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Remember, we're not, we, we're not doing this on our own strength. Amen. But we have to constantly lean onto what his word is. As we continue to walk it out, we have to remember that it starts with knowing his word. We have to be in his word continually. A couple of the scriptures that I um, put in the outline from yesterday, um, I start out with Proverbs 3, 5, because it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We cannot lean on what we know to do or what the doctors want to lean on. We have to trust in the Lord. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And we are born of God. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. So we are victorious over the things of this world. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess in our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. As we go about reading our word, Whatever it takes to set time aside to read his word, we have to make it a priority on a day-to-day basis. If we are expecting to see these things come to pass in our lives, then 
we have to put in the effort. It's not going to, you know, and I could see God being just so merciful and so kind and loving. And I, you know, now as a mom, I, I understand a little bit more of it because, you know, even though they do something, you're like, okay, I'm still going to bless her. Even though they're not listening and they're not doing what you're asking them to do, you're like, okay, I'm still going to bless you. And I see that as, you know, the Lord does that with us so many times. You know, even whenever we're not in his word, when we're doing our own things, when we're choosing our own flesh over time with him, he will bless us and continually pour his love on us. But as, as we grow and we're requiring more of our children, so is he. He's asking us to... to to grow up, to stand in the gap, to, to really put the effort to know his word, and not only know his word, but to act on it on a way where we are bold. And, and it's gonna take, it's gonna take dedication. And as we continue to go about this year more and more, I see him asking us to step out even more. Not in, you know, in the past we would say step out more like in the outreach form or, you know, going out and, and preaching the gospel. But I, I feel like he's tugging at us to really stand on his word, to really know what his word says and do it. Because in order for us to do anything in this world, it's going to take us standing on his word and knowing the power that's, that it has. When we're talking about healing, and, you know, most, as in the simplest way, we have, you know, healing for our own bodies, healing for the people in our families, but now healing for the world, for the people that we we come across on a day-to-day basis or people that may not be at the level that we are but once they see that and we we've heard this that you know healing and and those types of manifestations are the dinner bell the dinner bell to to the lost I mean I've to see somebody who's been suffering for, for years or that has been in constant pain to, hey, I'm going to lay hands on, on you and see you recover. And to have that confidence and boldness to do it and see it through, they're going to want to know more about our God. And I believe that that's what the Lord is calling us to, not, not necessarily, and in the past he has told us, you know, go out, outreach, do this. But we first have to get equipped. We have to stand against everything that's happening in this world right now. (laughs) Standing in our victory of abundance. That we're not falling short because of what this world is, you know, economy and what it's happening. That we're not constantly in fear of sickness, that we're not constantly having to bend to society because they're saying, oh, well, that's not very polite. But that we stand, we contend for the Christian faith. I know that a lot of times, you know, and I think of this because I was the one that would tell people, and you guys have heard this, you know, you have what you say. And I was very bold about it. And, you know, I have uh, softened up a little bit in how I deliver it. But it was in that time that the Lord was teaching me to contend, to stay put to what I knew was right, what I knew his word was telling us to do. So we have to get that boldness in us to be able to stand and contend for the faith in the midst of what everything that is happening right now. There's, uh, I put 48 different scriptures in the outline yesterday, and every single one of them talks about that confidence of the knowing his word. 
James 1.5 says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding and it will be given to him. James 2.17, so also faith, it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up. By itself, it dis... Uh, destitutes of power, inoperative, or dead. In James 3, 2 through 6, it says, For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is fully developed in character and a, and a perfect man able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. If we set bits in a horse, and this again, talking about that, that mouth and controlling our bodies. If we set bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are uh, driven by uh, rough winds, they are steered by a tiny little rudder whatever the impulse of the uh, helmsman determines. Even so, the tongue is a little member and it can boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a forest, a tiny spark can set ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set amongst our members, uh, contaminating and depriving the whole body and setting on the fire, the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. <laughs> Our bodies, what we say, what, what, how we do it, it defines so much of what we are. And we, as, as Christians, as believers of God's word, and we are believers, we have to remind ourselves that we are believers, that we believe God's word. We have to stand and contend for, for what he has told us we can do. He said we can control our mouth. He said, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And I believe it's in the Amplify where it says that it's self-control. Having self-control is, in today's world, just not seen very often. <laughs> but he has given us the power to be able to, to have it, to be able to stand in God's word to have self-control. And these are things that we have to, on a day-to-day confess and stay on you know say it by faith you know every time when I wake up I you know I get ready and when I'm getting ready I confess that he's giving me strong long beautiful hair I want beautiful hair so I confess it I say that he renews my youth like the eagles I am strong soaring and overcoming these are things that, that I'm creating habits and building upon on a day-to-day -day basis. And the cool thing about saying God's word is that it does build upon itself. The more you say it, the more you believe it, the more it grows in you and it becomes exponentially, I don't know, it's just kind of, you can see it just build up. So whenever you're standing in, in faith on anything, if you're standing, you know, Oklahoma, if you're standing against allergies, and I've spoken about this before, is, you know, I, uh, yesterday when I drove by, um, I went to visit Talisha, and I passed the asthma building where I used to go to get daily allergy shots, daily. And I, would, and I said it out loud, I said, ha, I don't have to go to you anymore. I am healed and I, I do not have any allergies. 
Now, I will tell you in the natural, in this natural realm, from time to time, I take a little Flonase and a little bit of Allegra, depending on the situation. But I'm healed. And the Lord has progressively done that. So we've seen it in the Bible where many times it says, as they went, they were healed. And depending on, and you know, I know that it's my faith growing in that area. But I've, I've seen too much not to stand on it. And it has developed. I'm not taking those shots anymore. And I have to be able to see that and not feel bad whenever I take some Flonase. I have to contend for what I have seen happen. I used to have to wear funny shoes because I have uh, flat feet. I say funny shoes because they looked a little funny. But God healed me, and I can wear whatever I want. And we have to, in the Bible, talks about remembering, remembering all these things that he has done for you, and, not, and of course, telling people about it. But not, all of these things that I constantly say and do are from his word telling me that that's what I can have that I have perfect eyesight and that my eyes will not grow dim as I grow older. You know, in, I, in the Newcastle Revival when I first started going, and I'll tell you guys, it, we were going to the Newcastle Revival and we were, we were in that phase where we're just uh, obnoxiously gung-ho about God's word and we were just like, this is it, Lord. Uh, I used to wear glasses, and I, I took the glasses, and there's a little bit of faith and crazy involved when you're believing God and doing things, and you might not have a clear picture of what faith really is. But I took those glasses, and I stepped on them. I said, never again will I have to wear these. I, it must have been like three weeks, and I drove, and I went and did stuff in blurriness and it was definitely not very uh, safe but you know what now looking back yes it was silly and no I wasn't in faith because if if I was in faith it would have happened when you're in faith it's done it really is when we're not then that means that we're just going to continue to walk in his word But if you look back at those times when you acted and you, you knew that, you, I knew that that's God's word. It didn't stop me. It didn't stop me from continuing to pursue him. Now, healing came through LASIK. <laughs> but you know what? It, he provided. He knew that at that point, I wasn't, my faith was not there. And my faith needed to grow, and it's continually growing. But now I can say things like, I have received healing, and I can pray for people and see them healed of, you know, different things. I mentioned yesterday, we have to judge where we're at and understand that we are contending and we're continually moving forward in a way where we're not letting what we see move us. I was also, during the Newcastle Revival, I was praying for my teeth. I had a, uh, what do they call it, uh, when it comes on top? A snaggle tooth? <laughs> I think that's what it, some people call it snaggle tooth, right? It just comes right on top. And I believed and I prayed. I prayed. I'm like, Lord... I'm believing for a miracle that I would have straight teeth. Because that's what I want. I, I knew in his word that he, he would be able to provide any, you know, 
my heart's desire, and I wanted straight teeth. And at that moment, in that time, I did not have the faith for it. So he provided braces. And I say he provided, you know, obviously I have a beautiful smile now. It, in this walk, as we're speaking about he, walking out and having faith for healing, there's different levels. And we have to understand where we're at and how we can get to the places where we, we know that God has for us. And it starts with coming against a headache. I can tell you right now confidently that any time a headache comes, I stop and I say, no, I don't receive it. I am healed. And then I go about my day. No, and then it's done. No headache. Whenever I get, you know, sneezy or, you know, I feel like an allergen is acting up, I speak and I say, by his stripes I was healed from allergies. And from time to time I may take a little flow nace. But it's the times that I do it are becoming more far and far apart. And then whether it's faith to see your 27 week old baby make it through 60 days of the NICU, or if it's faith to see yourself being healed from, you know, having that complete manifestation from allergies, or faith to see your, you know, a good friend come through an aneurysm and healed and whole without any issues. This is all contending for God's word. And we are continually pressing in to do more of it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take something from us, winners. It's going to take us committing and setting aside time and being diligent to not want to flow in the ways of this world or to do things the way this world does it because it's easy because it feels good to our flesh to say these things. You know, someone who walks in victory in the word of God is not a complainer. And we don't, you know, and that is very, it soothes the body. It, it, there's something about complaining that our flesh just really, I just really likes. <laughs> Uh, I've, something that Pastor had mentioned that really has resonated with me is that in the garden, what the devil really got Eve on was fear of missing out. And so we want to make sure that and that, you know, fear of missing out can come in a lot of different ways. A fear of missing out on that conversation of talking about what hurts or talking about what, you know, your you know, what's the latest thing happening in your life. And so we want to make sure that we, we say no to our flesh. And that's going to take a lot, especially if we've done it a long time. Uh, if, if that's how we grew up, or especially if that's the people that are constantly around us are doing, we have to resist the temptation of giving in to our flesh to complain, to talk about how this, what this world is doing, uh, because that's gonna that's gonna take us to the opposite of where we want to go. One of my favorite scriptures is in uh, Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. It says, my son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. 
Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all of their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all diligence, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. This, these verses are so jam-packed with just so many things about attending to God's words, submitting to God's sayings, not to keep them away from our sight, to keep them before our eyes, to have them in our heart. Because they're healing and health to all of our flesh. And if they're healing and health to all of our flesh, they're going to be healing and health to everybody else's flesh. So if we're speaking God's words over people, that's going to be healing and health to them. There's a psalm that talks about how the words of God are like a healing ointment to the hearer. And as we speak healing, uh, these words of healing over people, it's an ointment. An ointment is something that soothes the body and brings healing to them. So if, if we are in God's word and then when something comes up with anybody that's around us and we speak the word of healing to them, that is bringing health and wholeness to their lives. But if we don't know what God's word says on the matter or if we don't know what to say, you know, we, and I, you know, I'm guilty. I, I know by his stripes you have been healed, which is great. But really to be able to know exactly what to pinpoint, because there's literally something about every part of our body to a scripture to pray about for someone in the word of God. To really be able to say, okay, you, you need something for your bones. Okay, the, the word of God says this. Let me pray that over you. And I think that as a society that's gotten so used to just looking things up, just kind of like, oh, how do I get to Shelby's house? Well, just let me pull, pull it up on the maps, Google Maps, and then it'll take me there. But really forcing my brain to remember how to get to her house without using a device. That's going to take a little bit, you know, brain power. So with, with our society today, we're like, oh, let's just look it up. But to be able to say if somebody is, you know, walking by and says, you know, oh, my, you know, the, my lower back, to be able to like, hey, I, I've got a scripture for, I, let me pray for you. And to know exactly what to say right off the bat without having to say, oh, let me Google uh, back trouble scriptures. To be able to say that just on the, di- on the dime. I think that's a saying, on the dime. That's going to take us being intentional about when we're in the word of God. And not falling on just what is easy. And it's simple to look up scriptures It's simple to just get into our Bible app, but to really pursue those things that we know are going to be fruitful on a day-to-day basis, because that's really, you know, God's heart for us. And he intends for us to be able to walk in a level of knowing his word where it says, For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all of their flesh. Keep and guard your heart. So we're going to guard our heart from something that is coming against what the word says. And this last part says, for out of it flow the springs of life. That's the springs are life. It's going to be when we go out and we're praying for people and we're, you know, the, the springs of life is... Um, pouring out into someone this healing and health to all of their flesh. And that is a part of something that we haven't seen too much of. And I believe that that's, that's a lot of what Smith Wigglesworth lived by, where he constantly just was consumed by God's word. 
He was consumed by knowing what to, what to do, what to pray, because that's all, that's all he did. That's all he cared about. And I know that there's a balance, you know, we live lives, we have children and families, but he wouldn't say it wasn't doable if he didn't say it in his word. So it's doable. There's a way. And he says that we can have the wisdom to figure out how to do it. So we can, we have to speak in ways of it's doable versus, man, that sounds so hard. How could we ever do that? I, there's just no balance. I'm always busy. I'm always tired. I don't have time. I have too many things to do. Those are all contrary to God's word. Everything, every single thing I said. That's why he said, put a guard over your mouth. And as I'm speaking, I am preaching to myself. Because he is speaking to me right now about that. And it's, it's taking off all the weights that so much beset us. And I think that he's in, in his word where he said, this is the year of completion. We can be confident in knowing that he is seeing us through it. He is the author of our faith, right? So he's, he, wants to, he wants to see us finish it, get, get into that place where we're seeing it through. And he's bringing all of these words to us and teaching us, hey, it's doable. Stop doing this, start doing this. And I'm going to help you on the way because he's awesome. He's a, he's a very loving God. I like, and this is one of the last things that I'm going to talk on in, in uh, Isaiah 50, 53. He talks about how he was bruised for our transgressions. Let me go there real quick. You know, the, where it talks about healing. Isaiah chapter 53. Um, in verse 5, it starts, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. If we go down to verse 10, it says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief and made him sick when you and he make his life an offering for sin. And he has risen from the dead, in time to come, he shall, he shall see his spiritual offspring, and he shall prolong his days, and the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It was God's intention to bruise him, bruise his son, make him sick, to make the provision for us. He wanted us to walk in the freedom. He wanted us to see us not suffer in this lifetime because he knew that, okay, Adam did this. Now we have to repair it. But he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my son and I'm going to hurt him so that we can walk in the freedom. And it says it pleased God to do it. He wanted to get healing to us. Healing in our bodies, healing, you know, and, and healing that, that curse is more than just healing, you know, it's a blessing, it's more than we can think of. But it brought pleasure to God to do it so that we can live in victory. And of course, God knew that we that, that Jesus would come out of that grave and he would, you know, overcome the devil and, you know, come rise again. 
and have that victory for us. But can you imagine for that moment when he had to see it happen? He had to put his, I would say flesh, but his own It'd be difficult to say because it's God, you know, not like he has a, a flesh, but it's his son. He had to put that down knowing that the victory was going to come out on the other end. So we have to believe that we can do that ourselves in God's likeness, that we can put our flesh down, that we can take time out of our days to get in the word to not speak this victim mentality or the complaining or the constant things that are going around us, but that we can walk in a place where we are controlling our bodies, controlling our mouth, not letting the circumstances tell us how to react or how to speak or how to respond to someone. God made provision for us in every single way. And as we close tonight, I want us to, to not leave with a, a sort of like, man. But knowing that God has given us the power, the ability to do this, to overcome the flesh, to overcome our circumstances. He has given us the power, the ability to be victorious in every area of our life. And we have the confidence in his word and we have to build ourselves up in his word. If it takes hearing, you know, your favorite pastor preach or your favorite preacher preach, if it takes um, listening to faith music, if it takes um, reading about people like Smith Wigglesworth or maybe if it takes um, turning off that subscription to whatever you watch or that is keeping you from spending time with him, we have to do whatever it takes because we know that when we put the flesh down, we can see the victory on the other side. We will see the things that we've been longing for. We really have been longing for these things. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin today, and he was talking about how he was asking the Lord. He's like, you know, why do I go to some of these churches? And sometimes they see that these manifest, great manifestations, but then I'll go to some other churches. And, you know, we prayed the same. We fasted. We did everything the same, but then nothing happens. And he said that he heard the Lord saying it was, it was their longing it was how much they were really wanting and putting in uh, their faith to see those manifestations, to see them, to see God move in their, in their lives. When we don't have expectation to receive, then we shouldn't expect to receive it. So as we go about our days and we're making these uh, pivots, we can pivot each day. We have a brand new day to say, today I'm going to do X, Y, or literally not even just a day, but every moment we can say, all right, Lord, I'm going to dedicate the next 10 minutes to you. I'm going to take this next five minutes and look, look at your word. I'm going to take this, this next song and I'm going to praise you like I've never praised you. I'm going to take this time and listen to your word being preached. Or I'm going to pick up a new book. We have plenty of resources nowadays <laughs> like never before. So today I encourage you guys to check in with God. Check in and ask him, Lord, what, what would you have me do? What what could be that one step that I could take? It doesn't have to be that we're going to take, you know, change our complete schedule, but what is that one thing that you, you, want, us, you want me to start with? What is, what is it going to take me to get to 
the next step. So then I could go to the next step and to the next step. So we're not asking for how to change our life, but how can we take a moment in today and point it towards you? So it's one step at a time. Sweet Jesus. So Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're continually speaking to us and guiding us by your spirit, Father, that that the word of faith is not just a, a tagline, but Father, it's a way of living and you are teaching us more and more how to live by faith, how to walk by faith, how to speak by faith, Father, and that as we do, Father, that you are taking our lives, Father, and you are seeing to it that we end up exactly where you want us to be, Father, and we are open to hear your voice. We are open to hear from you. We are open to see you work through us, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your word is is alive in us and that you are continually Um, having that fire burn inside of us, Father, burning out all of the junk, burning out all of the things that, that do not produce your greatness, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that as we go out today, that you are continually bringing more and more glory into our lives, Father, that your glory is being manifested on a day-to-day basis, that you love us so much that even with the way we do and the way we act, Father, you still pour out your love towards us. And so we just thank you, Father, that your goodness is going before us, Father, that your, your angels are, are encompassed around us to keep us safe, to keep us um, from dashing our foot against the stone, and that not only are they um, here to protect us, Father, but that you've also sent, sent them to minister to us, Father, to, to go and get our things and to go and bring healing, Father. Healing is what we need, Father. And so we just thank you, Lord, that you are seeing to it that, that we achieve and that we complete what you have set before us, Father. And so we just thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.